Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Rachel D'Alto. I am so happy to be here. So excited to be here. I get such energy uh, when I just see the stage pop in and being here with my friends and family. This is such a beautiful community. So much appreciated. And uh, that kind of ties into what I talk about, which is relationships. And you heard it before uh, with Danelle talking about relationships and relationship building. And it's oftentimes a topic on here because it's so powerful relationships are so powerful in every sense of the word and they are essential in order to build your business build your life uh, make sure that you are optimized in terms of your happiness in terms of your potential but i also want to talk about the fact that not everybody has that support system one in four people have zero friends and it's something that I talk about often because I experienced it. And I want to take you back to when I was a young child and the impact that it had on me. And so there I was, I was about eight, nine years old, and I was not the kid that always had people around. I was the kid who was sitting on the playground watching everybody else play while I was in the corner. I was the one who, instead of having people to connect with, I was hanging out in the library anytime there was free time because it felt safer to me. By the fifth grade, I was eating lunch with my teacher. And I had no friends, not a single person to connect with, not a single soul to rely on, not a soul to talk about the joys of my, my life, the sadnesses that happened that only a nine or 10 year old had. And I remember so clearly in the sixth grade, which is ironic because my daughter is now in the sixth grade, so I am able to go back and transport myself so quickly to that stage in my life. And there I was with no friends and a transfer student arrives. And I could not have been more excited to have this transfer student come into my school because it was a potential friend. All of a sudden, I had the potential to make a connection. And I didn't care how weird she was. And she did not know how ostracized I was at that point. 
And so I basically went full on caveman with this person and said, this is now my friend. You have no choice in the matter. I'm going to make you love me. And she did for a moment and she invited me over for a sleepover. And I don't know if anyone has been a 12 year old girl in this room, Brad, I, I'm pretty sure you have not. Uh, <laughs> but as a 12 year old girl who had not had a sleepover in so many years, it was the most exciting thing in the world to be invited over to her home. And so I show up on her doorstep and I have my caboodle in tow filled with blue eyeshadows, ready for this most amazing experience of being able to connect with someone. And she answers the door and my stomach drops into my feet because she's holding an enormous hairy cat. And I am not just allergic to cats. I am deathly allergic. I'm not talking runny nose allergic. I'm not talking watery eyes allergic. I am dying allergic to cats, like can't breathe allergic. But I push that down. I push it down because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there is nothing that is going to get in the way of this budding friendship. And I'm going to defeat biology in order to make this connection. And so I went inside and then she tells me, listen, it's really important for Blueberry to bond with my friends. And I thought, okay, all right, next up, I can do this. And I'm sitting on the bed and I have Warren's cherry pie playing in the background. So I'm just dating myself right there. And we're putting out the blue eyeshadows and the cat decides to jump in my lap because that's what every animal does when they know that someone's allergic to them or can't pet them or doesn't want to pet them. They get as close to you as possible. And so the cat jumps in my lap and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm still alive. This is a win. This is an absolute win. Until all of a sudden, I can see it happening in slow motion. I'm sitting there on the bed. Blueberry stares at me. And all of a sudden, he is coming at me, mouth that's stretched, tongue hanging out, and begins to lick up one side of the face and down the other. And I knew at that point that I was going to lose. There's only so much biology that you can fight. And within moments, my face starts to tingle and stretch and I can feel the hives coming and five minutes later I look like Swamp Thing's child. My parents are called and that friendship ends. And the reason why I share this story and I share that story in my book too because people need to understand how important friendship and connection is. I was willing to risk my life, my health in that situation to make a connection with someone. I was willing to put myself into a position where I was not going to be healthy and happy because I needed that connection. We as human beings are wired for that. We are wired. Our brains are ginormous compared to our bodies. And so a lot of anthropologists have studied this and found that that is because we are wired to- Be things change. Seeing seasons better. Sunday night, um, as some of you would know, my family spent the better part of the last three weeks navigating COVID um, in our homes. Two of my three sons had it. And so we were isolated, which meant per our usual, we didn't get to go see my mom and dad. They live about an hour and uh, 15 minutes away. So we didn't get to go see them for the better part of a month, which is very rare for us in the three years since we moved back to the East Coast. But Sunday night, we're, we, we were able to spend all day Sunday with them. Sunday night, we're driving back 
heading north right up the coast of uh, South Carolina into North Carolina where we live, driving with my family, headed back home, and our two-year-old sees the moon. And if you guys know, Sunday night was the full moon. And at the time we were driving, the moon was pretty low uh, into the east and really, really big. It was huge and bright, and my two-year-old, uh, Benjamin, was thrilled. He kept yelling at it. It was nonsense. He was talking to the moon. I don't know what the conversation was about. He was telling everyone in the car about it. Every time it would pop up from behind the trees, it was about 15 minutes of like unadulterated joy and crazy. And then at some point, it just waned. The newness wore off, and he looked to the west out the left side of the car and didn't bring up the moon anymore. But it started a conversation for my older two sons, Elliot is seven and Parker is 12. And they had a quick conversation about why the moon seems so much closer than normal. Why was it so big Sunday night? We live really close to the Atlantic Ocean. So we get a good look at the moon all the time. My middle son, Elliot, dropped a profound answer, especially from the mind of a seven-year-old. My son, who sometimes is so focused on a single task, he doesn't hear you or anything else going on, or he's so social, you're never sure if he's listening. He surmised that the moon was closer that night simply because things are always moving, always changing. And he just accepts the change. Things move. He moves. Movement all around us. And that was it. And it was such a profound, like, solid answer. And my 12-year-old just kind of sat back. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess things are moving. I just kind of looked at my wife. I said, well, all right, cool. The mind of a child can be so wonderfully simple and direct. But Elliot was right. Some things are rising while other things are setting. Good things are tapering off while challenges are mounting and vice versa. And that's the thing about life. It's always moving, ever-changing. There's a season for everything. Some short, some enduring. But there's a season for everything. And the challenge with seasonality is that a season shows up and a season goes away. So if you're starting a season this morning, seeing one come to an end, or living in the midst of life unsure of the length of the season you're currently living through, seasons change. Time marches on. Grief subsides, joys dissipate. New joys arise, new challenges show up as well. But the hard times and even the good times don't always last. So how do you handle the seasons of life this morning? That's the question. Yesterday was the five-year anniversary of the passing of a really close friend of mine. If you were with me in, in Dr. Rowe's room this weekend, you heard the story of my best friend and losing her when I was in high school. There was a guy a year behind me at a rival high school who, this is weird, but his family owned the funeral home uh, that processed all the stuff for pass, the passing of my best friend. And I had played baseball with him, and he walked up to me so sincerely, and it was probably the most grown-up moment I'd had in my life. And he said, man, I'm so sorry. If you need anything, you just need a ride. And I grew up pretty poor, and he did not. And he had a brand-new Mustang, a 1997 Mustang. And kind of flippantly, I said, Yo, Trip, let's go do burnouts because <laughs> I'm from the South. I don't know. And so he took me the night 
that we buried my best friend and he took me and did burnouts in a brand new Mustang. Man, it was fun. I was still kind of somber, very sober-minded, but I laughed. I had a good time. We drove around the mall because there were, there were a lot of malls when I was a kid, and you cruised them. And five years ago is the anniversary of when we lost Trip. His widow posts about it every year. And her posts are always so compelling for a lot of reasons. First, she speaks, she leads with the joy of remembering my friend, her first husband, Trip. She writes about his love, his parenting, his laugh. I can still hear his laugh. I hope I hear it for the rest of my life. One, it was a remark. It was a remarkable sound, and I just want to remember the people that I love laughing. The joy of his friendships and his passions. And she talks about her kids. Tripp never met his third child. His wife was pregnant when we lost him, and he never got to meet her. But she's beautiful and funny and so much like her dad in so many fun ways. But I think what impresses me most about her posts about her first husband is that she has learned to mourn and grieve and grow. And it's that growth that matters to me so much, partly as her friend and knowing that my friend who's not with us anymore would not want for his wife to be stuck in that season of hopelessness and desperation because it's a season and we want to get her out of it. We all call her breezy. It's not really her given name, but we'll call her Breezy Breezy. If you catch this on a podcast, I love you, friend. And yes, I'm impressed by your faithfulness to trip, to your kids, and to your own joy. Because Breezy didn't freeze in the season. Life didn't pass her by or whatever the phrase is. She moved. Yes, in grief and in loss and into uncertainty and asking for help and leaning into friendships and family. So much so that last year, I officiated her wedding to Chris. And I've known Chris since I was in fourth grade. Maybe we'll do a really fun story one day about how I found out they were dating. Hilarious. But at the wedding, I played with the kids. The kids that knew Trip and the kid that had never met him and just had everyone tell about him. And a bunch of friends from high school and college and life came together down at the coast of North Carolina in agreement that Breezy and Chris are great together. We honored Trip and we all miss him. I miss him all the time. But Breezy navigated a hard season and is embracing the good season. How? How do you handle the seasons of life? We're going to give you three steps. We, it's just me. There's nobody else popping in. I'm going to give you the three things I think you need in order to handle all of the seasons of life. The first thing I would encourage you to do is to savor it. Yeah, savor it. The best times in life are worthy of your attention, affection, and intention. Embrace the best times. Things might get better than the best times. They might not. And sometimes I truly believe that our capacity to savor the good times in life allows those days of that season to just seem a little bit longer. 
It's when we appreciate the sunshine that we get a full day at the beach. It's when we're rushing to the beach that I feel like it rains. Savor it. And likewise, yes, and I know this sounds weird, but savor the hard times. Because I have had seasons in my life where I have been alone. Those have passed, and I am stronger. I have had seasons in my life that were hard and complicated. They have passed, and I am smarter. And if it seems impossible, I've been in those impossible situations. And I have either seen the miracle happen in front of me, or I've been the miracle myself. Because we all have one thing in common. We got here today. We're here. Marching through hard seasons, good seasons. We had umbrellas in the rain, or we chose to dance in it. We have stories of how we got shelter in the storm or how we survived bad times by the pure grace of God or good fortune or whatever it is you believe. But we're here. You and I are here together, survivors. So whether it's the excess and the increase of our joys or the hardships where we look at one another and say we survived, Savor them. Savor the season. And then prepare for the change. Because what do we know about seasons? Seasons change. Change can be abrupt and startling. But if you look back on life, a lot of life's changes aren't so much about the shock they bring as they are about how, we, how prepared we were for the changes that did occur. In college, there was a guy, I thought he was crazy. <laughs> he walked around everywhere with an umbrella, everywhere. And he was always dressed to the nines. I went to a nice private college, private university in North Carolina, and, and it wasn't a shock to see someone in a suit. It was a shock that they were a freshman. Every class, every day, always in a suit. You'd see him at a party in a suit, crazy. It never occurred to me that it was the only suit I'd ever seen him in, that it was the same one because the shirt changed, the tie changed, the, the shoes changed. And that kid carried an umbrella everywhere he went, <laughs> everywhere. It looked crazy until it rained, and then he looked prepared. I was like, man, wh are you afraid of rain? Like, why, why would you carry an umbrella everywhere you go? But the story was the suit. It was his graduation present from his grandparents, who had never had any money. They were the, he was the only grandkid they had. They saved up every dime for that suit. So for his joy over the suit, he prepared for the, for the weather to change. He wore that suit every day of freshman year and always had an umbrella. He didn't care where the suit came from. He didn't care how much it cost. He knows who it came from and he knew that things change.
And so he looked a little less crazy that day. Because now I knew he was prepared to protect something of great value. Of course, I've lost people that I've loved through passing and circumstances and hardships and breakups. And it's hard to imagine having, having to be prepared for those things. I have failed tests. I have failed friends. I have failed colleagues and bosses and employees. I have failed my wife. I have failed my kids. There is failure all around. And in those seasons, it is hard to be prepared when I'm the reason it got bad. And it's equally difficult to be prepared for when someone does something I didn't see coming. And it's even harder to prepare for the end or the absolution of a great time in life. But if we could be building our toughness, compassion, inner strength, and fortitude right now, through these seasons, it would be a lot easier to say, you know, friends, sometimes when the season changes, it's real good. Sometimes seasons go from good or fine to great. The greatest first meeting I've ever had in my life was, of course, when I met my wife. But I didn't know how important that meeting was until months later. And I wasn't preparing to be a husband. I wasn't preparing to date or court or go steady or, golly, have coffee with a girl I didn't know. I wasn't prepared for any of that. But I was preparing for a season of change in my life. I didn't know who she was. Grace, my wife, didn't know it either. I was focusing on work. I was focusing on um, loving my life, trying to develop me to be a better man, to build me up. That season of my life was really marked by serving other people and trying to build them up. I'd been put in a position of leadership that allowed me the opportunity to do that. And I didn't know that one of the people in the audience watching it would become my wife. I did not know that. My engagement in the opportunities of the life that I was in, the good season I was in, allowed me to grow, reflect my faith, honor my present calling. And somewhere in there, I was becoming the man that was ready to meet my wife. No, I don't know how it happened. Nope, not going to write a book on that. But I do know I was preparing for better things. And when the sun shined a little bit brighter, or that beautiful overcast day became one of the most important days of my life, and then later it would dawn on me that she was who she was, I was preparing. And then I did the last thing. So first, we would say savor it. Savor the season that you're in, the seasons where you've been, and the seasons where you're going. And then prepare for change. If the suit matters that much, carry an umbrella. Recognize that in the hardships, you are an overcomer if you're here right now. And if you're in the middle of a hardship today, it's not the first one you've ever faced. And if you've somehow managed to stumble into Clubhouse in the midst of the worst hardships of your life. I'll tell you what my grandmother used to tell me. 
it will pass or you will pass. People in the South have bad phrases. But it gave me a lot of comfort. This season sucked. It ended. And I'll carry with it what I need for the future seasons in my life. So if you can savor it and if you can prepare for the change, I would encourage you today to share it. We are not designed for isolation. We weren't meant to live in silos of self, self-centeredness, and casual connection. You better believe that when I discovered who Grace was, I called my mom and dad. I told every friend whose phone was in my phone book. I'm from North Carolina. We met in Ohio. I told everyone at work. I told everyone in my apartment building. I told anyone I could tell. I said, I found my wife. I told everybody. And one of the coolest, most fulfilling parts of sharing joy is that it often spreads joy. When you share your joy, you spread joy. And it stops being so much about the season that I'm in and how great it is for me. Because, man, when you are surrounded by people who are feeling really good, it elevates the room. So my encouragement would be, in your joy, share it. And I know there's a flip side. There's a pain. Some of life's seasons are hard. And while it is less thrilling, less fun to share your hurt, I think you have to. When Tripp, the friend who passed five years ago yesterday, when he died, I was 3,600 miles away. It was tragic and unexpected. That very early West Coast phone call, I was not prepared for. Can't think of how many times ever his dad's called me. Because those first calls were to let me know what happened. And then came the dutiful calls to organize my schedule to get me back to my hometown where I would officiate one of my best friend's funerals. But then after that came the calls to share. People sharing their love for me and the hurt they were experiencing over the loss or their perception of my pain. People calling to give me a space to share my love and my hurt. And, and you know what's crazy? Super crazy. Those calls happened five years ago yesterday. And 15 years ago, in about a week, I proposed to my wife. And the people who were calling me when they found out my friend was gone were the same people I was calling 15 years ago to tell them who Grace was. Isn't that, isn't that great? Two completely different seasons, a full decade apart. And the people who were valuable to me on my best day were valuable to me on one of my worst. It's important to share it. So today, all week, whenever you can, see the seasons for what they are. Ever-changing, moving. And whether you're navigating hardship or joy, savor it today.
and prepare for tomorrow. And then with whomever you can, however often you can, share what you're feeling. The fun, the failure, the laughter and the longing, share it all. Find the people that you can share with. Because one of the joys of my week is not simply that I had a room to talk about a friend in on Sunday or a room to talk about a friend in on Tuesday or an opportunity to talk about my wife or back chats where I can text people or car rides where wonderful children say profound things about things that are really complicated, like, like the proximity of the moon to the ocean. And it's raining right now in North Carolina. And I coach Elliot's team and his baseball team. And today's supposed to be the first game. And while we've been talking, a little email popped up on my computer screen to tell me the games are canceled. And so the immediate text between my wife and I, see, we've been savoring the opportunity to play baseball. And now we're saving, savoring the opportunity to do something for Elliot because he's gonna be so sad. So as we're savoring that together as a mom and a dad, we're preparing for the change that we're clearly seeing outside and we can't wait to share it with our kids. Because mom doesn't work tonight. Dad's going to take some time off earlier in the evening. And we're going to be able to go to dinner instead of a baseball game. And my kids love that stuff. So whatever it is that you're walking through, however it is that you're walking through it, I would encourage you, um, savor, prepare, and share it. We got about never happens to me we got about five minutes left i got a call i apologize and i wanted to be able to open the floor as we prepare for the social media show so if anybody's got anything on their heart they want to just drop hey i just said share it do your thing friends god bless you this is tony mo i just want to um say that i'm sorry for your loss being your best friend but you articulated that story and held it together so well and i really appreciate your share um Thank you. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate you. Dr. Rowe, I see you, friend. Thank you so much, Brad. I needed that this morning as I head to my mother-in-love's funeral. Um, you delivered that so well, and it's just a reminder to appreciate the friends who've been there for us, maintain those friendships, and when we are hurting, be very um, present for those who are and hear them as you have done and your friends have done. So thank you for sharing this morning. This is Dr. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I think it might be Sarah who says, be a show up person. Um, is that Hell yeah, yeah that's Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, like, Sarah has one core ethos that defines her, but I can't remember if she's the one who said it. Hmm. Maybe she should be more memorable about it. Everybody's, everybody's like, Wow, Brad, that's profound. And then he says Sarah's name, and she's like, "Hell yeah!" You <laughs> guys, it's all about it's all about who you share it with, who, you, who you're walking through life with, friends. Anybody else want to speak up? 
You can hey, do Brad. or you can just talk. Hey, Brad, this is Trust. I actually hit you in the back channels. Um, sorry um, for the loss of your friend, but what I love is the fact that um, you hone in on the good memories. And so I so appreciate that. I sent a more detailed message to you on the back channel, but thank you so much for your share. Uh, thank you so much, Trust. I appreciate you, sis. Anybody else? Uh, I'll, I'll be glad to hand it over to the social media show a couple minutes early. I'm sure they don't mind. Hey, Brad, TM, man. TM Hyman speaking. Always hey. love your shares. And again, uh, condolences. Just, just love your story uh, and how you speak of your wife, right? I mean, never get tired of hearing it, man. Your, your compassion, your tone, your manner, your love for your wife, your story. Uh, just love it, man. And just love how you share um and just who you are right i mean just this cool warm vibe each and every time thanks for what you bring to the breakfast of champions team i'm complete well as one of the coolest people i've been on this app i'm gonna go ahead and receive that i'm cool tm because tm is so cool so I, i'll receive that yeah okay i'll be cool this morning it'll pass cool man you are warm and cool I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Hey, Brad, TM is smooth, is what he is. Yeah, he is. Hey, Amelia, how are you, sis? Love um, you, brother. Thank you. Love you, too, friend. Uh thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.